This is Limit Up, the place where we explore markets, strategies, and trading psychology to take your trading to the next level. Traders, this is Eddie Horn from Top Step, and this is Limit Up. This is where we talk with traders, market participants, and trading psychologists to help you improve your trading. Today, I'm joined by our senior performance coach and host of the Morning Forecast, John Hoagland, a.k.a. The Hogue. John, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, Eddie. Uh, how are you? Thanks for having me here. I'm doing really good. Now, John, today, I'm talking with Saul Shaul, a CME floor trader and trading educator. Uh, John, also... Uh, you're a former floor trader and a present-day educator. John, let me ask you, what are some of the important basics you remind your traders? Well, there's there's a lot of them, Eddie. I, I think uh, probably one of the most important parts is uh, know that you don't know what you don't know. Very important. And, and, and always have a plan. Right. Got to have that plan each and every day and each and every trade. Now, John, Saul reminds us that each market has its moments where fundamentals and technicals create volatility. Sometimes big market movements can derail a trader. Uh, Saul is going to talk about how to categorize yourself as a trader and what you need to know to be successful and continue to progress. Well, and I certainly agree with that. You know, certain markets uh, and market states change over time, and it's important as traders for us to recognize uh, number one, what markets or market states we trade best and which ones we should maybe avoid, especially if we don't have a specific strategy for that market or market state at that time. John, well said. Well said. And thank you. Uh, all right. You you're ready to get busy? Let's get busy. All right. Let's get busy. This is my conversation with Saul Shaul. Saul Shaul is a CME group floor member, active trader with a trading booth, PitIQ.TV, right on the CME Group trading floor in Chicago, overlooking the S&P 500 E-minis and financial pits. He currently trades, educates, and mentors online traders in his art of online trading, the S&P 500's index futures, notes, and bond futures. Would you please welcome Saul Shoal. Hi, Saul. How are you doing, Eddie? How are you? Very nice to have you here. I'm fine, and uh, gosh, uh, We've known each other probably, I don't know, 47, 50 years. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah as, low, as old as I am. <laughs> <laughs> We've developed a good friendship and a lot of good questions and a lot of spectacular answers coming from Saul, who is electronic trading on the trading floor. Is that right? Right. But uh, we started on the floor pit, uh, pit trading with... Uh, all the other vultures that were out there screaming and yelling at each other. You got that. Now, let's start from the beginning here. How did you get your start in trading, Saul? Well, it goes uh, back uh, in the 80s. We were, uh, I was in uh, school, actually, at the uh, University of Illinois, and we took a futures class, and they had to walk us through the floor uh, of the exchange as a tour, and I just kind of fell in love with the, the whole idea of what was going on here. And remember, at the time, there was actual pits, pit traders who were in the pit, um, you know, voicing their uh, bids and offers very loudly, not so much on the screen. Right. Now, when you first walked on the floor, what was your initial thought? Oh, it was it was awing. I mean, I, I actually came down uh, um, the day that I was down here was 
some big number and I didn't know. I, I thought, oh my God, this is happening every day. They were literally uh, people flying out of, <laughs> out of the pit because they were pushing and shoving each other. It was a, a number literally just came out when we walked on and, and I don't know if some of you remember, but when there were some big numbers that came out and you were in the pit trading, there was some, a lot of volatility, a lot of movement, everybody trying to figure out where the market is and prices are flowing up really quickly. I walk in on that day and I'm like, wow, what is happening here? Is this how people really make money? And um, yeah, it was it was a, it was a crazy day. Obviously, I didn't know why I was there, or what was happening at the time, but I figured it out uh, subsequent to that when I actually finagled my way down here and found a way to lease a seat uh, and uh, get enough capital to be able to trade. All right, now you leased a seat, you got capital, you're on the trading floor. What were some of your first thoughts there? Well, when you walk into the pit, there is a certain um, lingo that has to be acquired to trade. You know, you just can't say, uh, can I buy, well, I want to buy something or whatever. You, first of all, you have no idea what's happening. And that's why you and me actually do what we do now is to be able to educate some of these new traders as to what what you should be doing when you first walk into a, a trade or, or well, I was going to say a pit, but we didn't. You don't do that anymore. But when I first walked in the pit, I had no idea what was happening. I'm like staring at everybody and everybody's like waiting for me to open my mouth so they can take advantage of me because I had no idea what I was saying or trying to do or anything like that. When there was somebody new in the pit, everybody was like, you know, he'd be like whispering, do you know this guy? Who is this guy? Who is, is, is he knows, he knows Charlie. Oh, he's Charlie's nephew. Oh, he's okay. All right. All right. Um, and that's, how it would go from there now now picking a market uh on the trading floor how did you pick a market what market did you start in well in my situation is kind of a little uh you know unique uh, only because at the time uh, when we started when i started trading the bond pit was the the pit of of all pits i mean it was like uh i think it was only like four or five years in but it was quickly growing to be one of the bigger markets to trade the volatility was there the volume was there the movement was there and um uh also the the, the cost of of the lease was the cheapest at the time to be able to go in there and trade so for four hundred dollars a month i was able to lease a seat and get get clearance from everybody that I had to get clearances from and to be able to fund my account. I didn't have to put that much money in my account at the time, but for 400 bucks a month, that was a pretty cheap way for me to start. So I, I fell into the bond pit accidentally. Um, for a new trader these days, uh, you, you need to find a, a market that uh, moves a little bit, some, some volatility to it, and also trades well in a technical sense, because that's what that's what everybody looks at these days is technical analysis to be able to predict what the market's going to do next. Now, finding a comparable market to trade, a market that will work with your trading style. Now, uh, being new, you really are developing a trading style. Uh, being new uh, to trading, you know, you're sort of feeling out markets. But um, what would you say? I know that you're a mentor. You're you educate. You have your own trading room. Um, somebody asks you, Saul, how do I find a market that's going to fit my style? W what do you tell them? Uh, first of all, you need to know uh, how well they're financed and, and, and how much money they've got in their account so that you can actually talk to them on a different level. Everybody's got different trading levels. People who are well financed can trade a little bit differently than people who are not so well financed. You need, you know, you have your one lot traders, you have your five lot traders, you have your ten lot traders, 
everybody's different. So you need to find out uh, a little bit about the individual, uh, find out how much risk tolerances they're willing to take, and then, uh, you know, then find a style for them. I mean, there's different sorts of styles to trade. You have, uh, you can scalp the market, you can position trade the market, uh, you you can look for four or five or ten points out of a trade, or you can look for maybe two or three points out of a trade, depending on your style and how much risk somebody wants to take. So each individual, I think, needs to – you need to have a sit-down with somebody who understands the markets, and then you'll be able to you know, put that individual in the proper uh, market that he's able to trade to uh, maximize his profits. Now, how much does a person's personality – affect the markets that they trade that's a good question uh i've you know the the interesting thing about that question is that i've i've been around a lot of people and i've seen a lot of personalities and there's a lot of personalities that can trade uh you got the quiet guys who who uh, are standing around sometimes and you would never think that these guys are taking the amount of risk that they're taking i mean you would never they never open their mouth they never say anything they just trade and then you have the the boisterous ones who are completely in and out of the market all the time who are, who are giving you 110%. And you know what? It really is hard to tell what personality fits in what market. It's just a matter of, of, of a little bit of trying it out, seeing if, it, the, if the volatility in each individual market fits your, uh, your personality and uh, your trading style and if you can find that mix that match then it, it, it'll you know maximize your potential if if i'm somebody with let's say i'm, I'm sort of in between not really sure if i want a fast market quiet market um you know, you know lots of volume slow volume slow moving what's a good way that i can test different markets before i actually land on one that i'm comfortable with well, the reality of it is, is is each market has its moments, right? I mean, uh, each market becomes a little bit more volatile than the other. There are times when uh, fundamentals create volatility, technicals create volatility. And then there's times when uh, everything's hunky-dory, nothing much is affecting the market, and nothing's happening. So the volume, the volatility decreases. So I, I think that if you're trading one of the bigger indices, let's say equities or oil, those are markets that will test your volatility at times. And, you know, you'll be able to find out eventually when the markets get crazy, movement where you're getting five or six point moves at a time and you can't handle it, then okay, so throttle down, trade the smallest amount you can and pick your, pick your spots, you know, uh, very cautiously. But if you like that movement and if you can get in and out, the other problem you have these days is the simple concept of of uh, giving your the exchange and your brokerage house too much too much fees or monies that they require on commission. So you have to make sure that you don't overtrade at the same time. But if you can handle the volatility and 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 everybody's different. I mean, I, I it's a very uh, you know it's a very tough question to answer until you're actually being put into the fire. You're able to. You can see if you can handle it or not. It, it's a very tough, tough thing to see when, when markets are moving. How individuals react to the to the markets. When you've been in the market and you've been there a while, you accept the volatility and you know what's expected of it, and then you deal with it. A lot of traders, when new traders, you don't know until you get in there and do it. It's trial and error, um, finding out what works and what doesn't. And the thing is, if something's not working. Now, it might work later. It might work. Uh, markets are forever changing, and uh, that's something that uh, 
as as a trader, you know, you, you sort of flow with. You've got your primary markets, your secondary markets, other markets that you're sort of watching with one eye, and uh, you can always make a move to those. Now, now that I've found my market, um, I'm comfortable um, making some trades, picking some good spots, and I'm going to ask you, what are some recommendations that you would suggest to traders preparing for a day of trading? Uh, you know, with your room uh, that uh, and the traders that you talk to, um, preparation for getting into the market. Right. So at the beginning, you you, you need to get a game plan. Uh, you need to get you know what 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 is your strongest suit of ability to trade? How do you trade the best? You know, are you scalping the market? Are you position trading yourself? What do you expect for today? The, the amazing thing about these markets is that we, as a trader, can never expect. You always have to expect the unexpected because every time you come in with an opinion, you're usually wrong. So what I uh, tell my traders uh, to do is try not to have an opinion on the market every day you come in. It, it, it's going to save you a lot of money because if you come in with an opinion, you start trading on the long side, for instance, and you're wrong, and but your mindset is long and it, the market keeps going down and you're you know, you keep buying it when you should be maybe trying to find places to sell it, and it becomes a little bit of a deterrent. So uh, the the thing that I've learned here over the years is to make sure, try not to come in with any sort of ideas to the market's going to go up, it's going to bounce, it's going to come back, it's going to continue. Just come in there and give yourself a game plan. Give yourself, uh, uh, what am I going to do if the market goes down to a level? I got support here. If it goes up to a, a resistance level, am I going to trade it? Am I going to watch the market after a very busy day the day before? Uh, because I don't know what volatility is going to, you know, with the market, how much volatility the market is going to have the next day. Or am I going to just, you know, jump in right away? These are questions you have to ask yourself before the market starts. You're always going to have your 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 support and resistance levels that you're going to key off of. Then you have to come and sit there and say, all right, am I going to trade right away <clears throat> because I see. I like the volatility. I like that, you know, we had a crazy day today before. Am I going to go, it's going to continue today or is it not going to continue today? And if you're a little bit more risk averse, you know, you settle back, you wait for a first half hour to, to play itself out and then say, okay, let's, let's jump in. If you're not, if you want to jump in right away, boom, you jump in right away and you take advantage of it. You know, the thing is we don't know, you know, we don't know, but you have a game plan as to how you're going to trade, when you're going to trade given market conditions you know one thing is that you know if you're following a market and you're consistent on the market and all of a sudden this market bottoms out and then it stalls and 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 holds there for a while you know coming in and saying you know this market can't go any lower it, it's got to go higher i've caught myself doing that a lot and then seeing the market going lower now what's one of the deterrents i know that you just mentioned that but i mean it, it's it's so common where we think we know where the market should be going uh, with all the indicators and support resistance and volatility and, and, you know, which direction and patterns that we're looking at. But coming into the market, you, you really have to be neutral and you really have to be um, it, it, like a coin toss. It's, it can go either way. You're sitting on the fence. Which way are you going to lean on the fence? Um, what's your thoughts on just getting that first trade in? Well, again, I try not to think so much when I get into when I get in front of my screen every morning. So, 
I'm going to think about the volatility. Are we going to be crazy this morning? Is there a reason for it to be crazy? Is there a number that just came out? Is there some uh, geopolitical situation that occurred that might create some volatility early on? Um, you know, I, I'm the kind of guy that appreciates the volatility. I'll, I like to jump in right away. But I have a lot of traders who are very risk averse and they wait out the first half hour to figure, all right, you know, I'll wait at least 10 minutes. I'll wait. I'll let this thing play itself out and then we'll go from there. Absolutely. That's the right thing, too. There's nothing wrong with me jumping in right away and you uh, waiting for 10 minutes. Uh, you know, there's a lot of ways to make money in this business. That's the only good thing about this business. How you make money there's a lot of different ways to make money also. So that's it. You, you, you just got to be patient. What works for me doesn't necessarily have to work for you. What works for you doesn't necessarily have to work for me. But but whatever the situation is, you put yourself into a, a methodology that you are comfortable with and you can feel able, uh, you know, have a complete 100% confidence in putting on that first trade without even, you know, blinking an eye. All right. Let's go to when to say when. And what I'm talking about is, what advice would you give traders, whether they're trading well or they're trading bad? How far do they go? Trader trading well, what would you tell this trader? Well, if you're trading well that day, you just keep on trading. Uh, that's what I would tell them. I mean, the one thing that, that uh, you know, if you – the one thing I've noticed, and I think it, it goes without saying in, in a lot of things that we do in life, you know, when, when things are going your way, things are going to go your way, you keep going with it. Uh, and especially when you're trading well, if you're trading well, you see the market well, you see the the the, the areas where it's going to stop. You have good reasons, and not only that, it is stopping for you at those levels, and you're able to either scalp it or you either to get out of a, a trade that you had on at a level that you you thought that it might get to. And so, if you're trading well that day, you know, keep trading. But at the same time, have a target in mind as to how much money you're trying to make that day. You know, if it's if it's you know, a thousand or if it's two thousand or five hundred, whatever it is, make sure you have your target set. If you get to that target, then I would like say be content, but at the same time also lower the amount of contracts that you're going to trade. You know, and if you're trading just the one lot, that's fine. Just stop trading if you reach your target because there's nothing wrong with reaching your target early and saying, okay, I got it. Because as easily as this market can give it to you, it could easily take it away from you. That's what we've learned over the years. For a trader who's who's having a bad day, you know, I would say this. I'd say give it two two trades. You put two, two, two trades on that day, and if things are not working out, your third trade has to be your winning trade. And look, you know, we're trading about five trades in a day, maybe six. You go two trades in a day with nothing, and then you get to your third trade, and if you lose money, then you're chasing it after that. So my suggestion would be to my traders is that you put your two trades on. If those don't work, your next trade's got to be your your all the setups that you have, those are the one, that's the trade that you like. You love the best. And you figure that trade out, you put it on, and if it works for you, you keep trading. If it doesn't, you're out for the day and you wait, wait for another day. All right. And th that's sound, solid advice. Uh, you have to accept losses. You have to accept those losers. It's part of the business. When you're on the winning run, humble yourself. Don't Get big-headed, uh, you know, that, that one lot turns into a three-lot, five-lot, ten-lot, uh, and then all of a sudden you, you've got a losing trade that wipes out half your winnings for the day. That can just collapse confidence uh, on your next trade, and you're, you're going to be sort of uh, questioning yourself, asking yourself, wondering, you know, am I doing this right? Am I doing this right? And that's only going to hamper uh, your progress. Now, 
weaknesses in trading. That's probably that's probably uh, one of the biggest factors that we don't focus on too much. Now, Saul, if I can ask you, when you first started trading, what was one of your biggest weaknesses? Well, one of my biggest weaknesses when I first started trading uh, was probably uh, not getting out fast enough uh, when I knew I was wrong. Um, that kind of, you know, it was a little bit easier also to get out uh, when you're in a pit because, you know, you've got orders, standing orders, you lean on them. You know, if you're short and the market's going up and your broker's got a, a something to sell, and market uptick, you, you can easily, you know, bid them, bid them to him. And if he, you know, if he sells them to you, that's great. You know, at least you can get an out. Uh, on the screen, though, you got to be a lot more disciplined and you have to say, okay, I know if it gets up to 10, let's say, I have to get out. There's no like, I'm not going to wait till 12 or 15. I'm just going to get out at 10 because that's my limit. And the, the thing about this uh, electronic trading is that you got to get out at 10. Uh, because, you know, we don't know, we don't have the same, you can't lean on anything on electronic trading like you could, um, you know, standing next to a broker who has a, an order for you to lean on. What do you teach others to avoid as far as their weaknesses? I, I, you had, as a, as a trader who's teaching somebody, somebody, you have to consider your own weaknesses as, as something that you have to teach. So that's one thing that I, I have a weakness in. I, I, I stress making sure that you get out at your stops. Uh, find a level that you really believe that if the market gets to this level, if it gets above it, you don't want to be short anymore, so you got to get out. You can find it on a chart or you can put it as far as, you know, a two-point stop or a three-point stop, whatever it is, whatever the, the logic that you have behind your stop, make sure that you follow through with it because, you you know, you don't want to get to the point where here's the, the problem I have with most traders that, I, that I've got when you're trading a level. Let's say you have some resistance at 10. If you don't get out at 12, the next resistance is up at 16 or 17. Well, you don't get out at 12, you're trading at 14. You're like, well, I got my next resistance up here. Maybe I should, I'll just trade that one also. But you're not as aggressive trading the higher resistance level because you're short from the lower resistance level and you've got too much risk on already. So the upper resistance level becomes the winner, but the only thing is, is that you're not going to take advantage of that level because you're so worried about your lower uh, part, you know, your lower trade that's a loser. Consequently, you don't take advantage of the winner. So that's why you always got to get out because when you get to the next setup, that'll be the winner. That'll make your money back that you lost on the previous trade and then some. But because you, if, you, if your mindset is like, oh my God, I'm short at 10 and I'm up here at 17, and but that's my next level. And 17, you go down to 15 and you cover everything, but you should have been able to cover it a lot lower. And you mess out and you miss out on a, on a good trade because you're you're short from the wrong place instead of just bailing out on that first trade. All right. I don't know if that made sense. No, it, it made sense because the thing is people like to see it run. And, and when it gets out of hand, uh, they, they, they put that hopium on the table. And uh, you know, let's hope this market comes back here and, and then it's getting away even more and and you're digging a hole even deeper and deeper. And by the time you, you, you get yourself out of that hole, um, the day is lost. Right. 
Yeah. And not only that, you paid commissions and you get, <laughs> you don't get that back and you're like, oh, what did I just do here? So again, just get out of your trade, be, be consistent with it and understand that you have another trade on the table. You don't have to love the last trade. And it's okay to get out of your trade and then wait. Now, you might not get another opportunity the rest of the day, which is fine. You have to accept that sometimes. But if you do get that other, uh, the other opportunity, then take advantage of it. We don't know if there's going to be volatility or not every day. We just don't know. We just know that we got to come here. That's the beauty of what we do, right? We don't know that there's going to be, we're going to be extremely busy that day or we're going to be not so busy that day. But that's what makes our business so fun to be at every morning because you don't know what's going to happen. You just know that something is going to happen. You just don't know what. Exactly. It's a, it's, it's a mystery career. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, I asked you about your weaknesses, and it took you uh, 30 seconds before you could think of any. Let's talk about your strengths. When you first got in the business, what were some of your strengths in trading? Uh, well, <clears throat> recognition of, of the, uh, the, the movement of the market. I mean, I was like thinking, okay, what am I going to – Where? which way is it going to go? And if, then if I get confirmation, uh, if it starts trading – my way, then I'm going to like try to hold on to this a little bit to, as long as I got a profit in it. I'm not holding on to losers. Okay, let's just try to remember that. So uh, if I got something on my way, I'm going to try to make sure I, I have a trail. I get out of some of my contracts, but I'm going to have a trailing stop on something else. And that way, I don't even have to. If I have a winner on and I got a good good opportunity to have a trailing stop on it, I don't even have to trade my next level, right? I mean, I, my next setup. I'm just going to move my stop up because I know I'm, I'm, I'm making money on that trade. And that way I lessen the number of contracts I trade. I have a winner. I just move my stop to a point where, okay, if it gets back down there, I'll get out. But I don't have to trade that next level. That could be a target for me also. So um, I, you, you get your position on, you scalp out of it, and then you keep something like one or two lots or whatever it is. Because those one or two lots, if you let them ride, can make you more than the usual entry position that you usually have on. So I find that that's, that's the thing that I like to do the most. So I, I know we were talking before uh, we hit the record button here. We're talking about, um, we, we were looking at the S&Ps. S&Ps, nice little run here. Um, you guys got long early in the day, um, took a profit, ran the profit. Uh, now, locking in profit, moving your stop, um, Explain what you do on uh, – you, you, uh, you mentioned that earlier about locking in that profit and moving that stop. Right. Let, let's say you buy – for example, you buy a four lot at 10. Um, and we're looking for two-point stops on most of our trades, right? This is what we teach. So you're going to take – if you get up to 12, you're going to take two lots off at of 12 for sure, right? Um, you Maybe you move your stop on the downside from a two-point stop to a one-point stop. So now you're stopping it out at uh, uh, nine. You have two lots up. The market continues to uptick a little bit. You keep moving your stop up to a break-even. It gets up to, let's say, 14. A break-even. You know what? Uh, real quick, break that down. What's a break-even? Break-even is where you entered your the, the price that you entered your contracts on. Okay, cool. All right. It's not, not, the, not the profit. Not the profit that you took. So just to break even on the remaining contracts that you have left because we don't want to lose any money on this deal here. So you have the two lots left. So you take one more profit at, let's say, 14, right? Now you got locked in two lots and then another one lot. You got one more left. 
And that's the one you can play around with. You don't you scratch it, which means you sell it at 10 at the very worst. And then now the next thing you do is you let the market kind of tell you where you put your stops in because the market's going to create bars. And then you can like say, okay, if it gets two ticks below the last five minute bar, that's where my stop is going to be. And I'm going to put my stop in there. You just keep moving your trailing stop along the way so that you're able to, you know, if, if you catch a trend, be able to uh, move the stop up as long as the market gives you the, that opportunity to. All right. Opportunity is uh, just such a blessing. And uh, a lot of us tend to miss opportunities in markets. And uh, then we try to catch the market back again. And all it does is, is, is it, uh, it turns our trades against us. Now, uh, Saul, best advice now you teach a lot of people. You've taught a lot. You've taught a lot of traders. Um, you have uh, mentored many and many traders. Now, what would be your best advice for an experienced trader who wants to become independent and trade full time? Experienced trader. Um, well, I, I think you need uh, to be able to uh, have enough. Um, money in your not only in your account but also to live on uh because i think that the the one thing that most traders uh who will go on their own uh don't realize that they might not make money for five or six months into the process here and so they got to make sure that their expenses are paid right that they have well, living expenses are paid and not only that but you have your trading uh, account as well that you have to keep funded as well so the, the the one thing that you have to do as a trader is to make sure you take your least amount of pressure away from you as a trader to be successful. So the last thing you want to do is is worry about how you're going to pay the rent or how you're going to pay your monthly your monthly dues for a while because you need to focus in on your trading. The one thing that most people have a problem with is that they're underfunded and they come in there and they're worried about having to make money right away and. Really, the reality of is this business, you're not going to make money. Even the experienced trader, if you go on your own, it becomes, it's this is you. This is You have to make money like every day now or weekly or monthly to be able to handle your nut, right? So it becomes a little bit, a lot more pressure on each individual than you ever thought possible. But if you can separate that for at least three or four months, or six months, like I said, that helps you focus in on the market and focus in on the trading and if you've been successful doing whatever you've been doing in the past, then you keep doing it with the knowledge that you, you get better at it and you, you increase your size slowly, you know, go from one to two to, to two to three. You never try to go from five to ten because that's like increasing yourself like 5,000% in risk. And most people can't do that. If you go from one to two, that's a lot of risk already because you're doubling your amount of risk. And it's, it, you know, my, my, a couple of friends used to tell me uh, when I used to trade and I, you know, used to make whatever I used to make. And they're like, well, why don't you like double the size and you can make double the amount of money? It don't work that way. Okay. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way because the, the, the more risk you take, it affects the way you get out of your trade, affects the way you trade and affects how you handle each opportunity. And then every time you double your contracts or you increase your size, it just, you don't think the same like you did when you were trading a one lot or a two lot or a three lot. You think totally different and your mind plays games with you and you get out too soon or you get out 
uh, you know, too much, or you let it go too long because you, oh, I can't take this loss right here, but you should have. But because it was a three lot or a five lot, it's too much. And so your mind plays games with you. So, you know, always stay focused. Obviously, funding is your biggest part of your, your thing, especially outside of the pit, uh, outside of the trading uh, screen. And, um, and make sure you, you, um, you know, get whatever methodology you're using, you know, make it better, find new ways to make it better. Uh, understand that, uh, it, it's not always going to work, uh, accept that, but know over the long run, it works because you've been profitable along the way. Right. You know, I got to agree with you completely there. It's the, the baby steps in trading, progressing better, uh, than leaps and bounds. Leaps and bounds are going to get you in trouble, uh, going to dig that hole a lot deeper like uh, you mentioned your friend saying just double everything uh, the thing is you know it, it, double as quick as uh, i can lose money now you know have you, have you thought of that but of course there's the positive and there's a negative on that and uh, usually I, I think you might agree with me here Saul. is is you know when you do do that try to get that money back we call it revenge trading uh you're, you're trying to get what the market just took from you and usually Usually, at least my odds are that um, the market wins once again. <laughs> yes, that's, that's that's absolutely true. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't work that way. I mean, you you know, it, you would think it works that way, but it doesn't. Uh, and and uh, you know, it, it, that's true. It's 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 when you double your size, it's how it's not the money that you make; it's the money that you lose, and you don't know how to get it back. Uh, because you've never been in that situation before. Do you keep trading that bigger size or do you go, go to a size that you're more comfortable making money and then it takes you longer to make the money back? But then you have to have the discipline to be able to do it that way. And if you don't, then it becomes a little bit of a problem. And, and me and you have been around a long time and we don't worry about the money that we make. We worry about the money that we lose because the, 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 we understand that it's very difficult to make money in this business and we don't want to lose money. But when you do, you have to be able to manage that that part of the tra the trading day or the trading um, moment or even the trading week. You might have a bad week and you got to be able to, how, how am I going to come back the next week and make that money back? Do I, do I try to get back 100% of it? My goal is if I have a very bad week, I'm going to say, all right, I'm going to go back in there and just try to make 50% of it back that week. And it, for me, it's going to be a winning week, even though for the last two weeks, I've been out money. But hey, it's okay. You get, you got to get your, it's all in your mind. You got to get your mindset back. You got to be happy again. You got to say, okay, I can make money. You'll make your money back. It's just a matter of your mindset being in the right place to the right time to be able to get your money back. And before I got into the pit, you know, I was working on the phones and, and I had a lot of friends that became locals. Now local is a, a trader trading for himself He's putting food on the table, paying bills uh, and, you know, uh, paying the mortgage. And it's, I mean, talk about stress and pressure. That has got to be uh, one of the, the biggest careers of being responsible for a family and paying bills. Um, one of the things, you know, I would pick my, pick the brains of, of these guys and, you know, um, you know, what gets you through the week? What gets you through the trading day? Uh, you know, you're, you've been here for two years, you've been here for six months. How is trading? And one of the things that kept coming up was, uh, the term personal loss limit, whatever the day it was, if, uh, they're making money or losing money, they would have a personal loss limit. They would, uh, know when to quit. If I hit 
$500, which a lot of the guys, you know, that was a number. Um, if I'm down 500 bucks, I'm catching the next train out of here. Um, you know, if I'm down 500 bucks, I'm done for the day. They would have that as a golden rule where you needed to follow that day in and day out. This is my loss limit. Uh, you know, I want to be able to trade for tomorrow. I'm not going to go over that. And also they'd have personal uh, profit gains limits where if they did make a thousand, if they did make 500, if they did make, you know, 1500, um, they would have that limit where if they kept trading and they did lose money when they got back down to that number, they would call it. So they would walk out of there with a profit and, you know, it, I'd put that together and it'd be like, you know what? That's very smart to do uh, because what you're doing is you're limiting yourself. You're controlling your actions. Now, once again, you can't control the markets, but you can control what you do. And uh, I, I think that's a big point there. Absolutely. Uh, that That is, uh, you know, I, uh, that is the one thing that uh, it keeps a lot of traders coming back uh, to make sure that you don't, uh, you know, you put it as limits. It don't exceed the amount of money that you feel comfortable getting back the next day. Like, I mean, you, you know, it's one thing, look, if you're going to have a bad day, it's going to happen. You know, you put that, sure. you put that trade on. And as soon as you put it on, it was bad. It was wrong. Not only that, it ran against you and you tried to get out of it faster. You couldn't it happens. Okay. It just, unfortunately, the, the risk of this business, sometimes it's going to happen. And instead of, you know, so now what do you do? You, you're, you're, you're supposed to have a thousand dollar limit. Now you're at $4,000 because of the market. So what do you do? Do you get out? You say it's enough. My thing is if I, you know, for discipline's purposes, you got to get out because you're not going to make your 4,000 back that day. You're just not. I mean, your mindset's not in the right place. You're upset. You're not thinking straight. You're going to start you call it revenge trading. I call it just upset trading that you're, I can't believe that happened. You're just thinking about the trade. You're not thinking about the market and it becomes a little bit of a problem. All right. And, and again, the biggest part of this business is self-discipline and, and you have to be able to control, you know, your emotions and, and that's the hardest part of this business because there's nobody when you're sitting in front of a screen, there's only you and the screen and not too many other people talking to you. And if you cannot control your emotions internally or walk away from it for a while and come back, take a little bit of a break. Cause if you jump in right away, I guarantee you, your next trade is not going to be a winner. I just guarantee it. I've been there. I hate to say this. I yeah. mean, I've been there. I've done that. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, I had, I had limits at one point and, and, you know, when you started, you, you, you're in there trading every day. You know, sometimes I ask my clerk, she gives me my P&L every, you know, every whatever. She used to give me my P&L because when I was up money and she knew I was up enough money, she'd give me my P&L like every two seconds, right? Because she's like telling me, okay, I think you should get out of here without telling me I think you should get out of here. So she knew exactly where my, my number was. And if I got to that number, she'd be like, here, here you're up this, you know, she keeps coming back. I'm like, I got it. I got it. She was doing it politely. Yeah. Right. Yes. See, that's, that's a good clerk. <laughs> yes. That's a good clerk. Yes. But then when I was down money and the only time she gave it to me is when I asked and, uh, because I, I would like, okay, I know I I'm down, let's say two or $3,000. And I was like, okay, 
I'd be standing there. What do I do next? The hardest thing for me to do, and I've learned this, is not to trade. And I stood in the pit sometimes, and I did not trade for about 10 minutes because I had to calm myself down because I know I was wrong. It, would, it, it, it just was a bad trade. I got caught on a number, let's say, and something happened or whatever. And uh, I'm just, I was long. And so the hardest thing for me to do is not to trade for about 10, 15 minutes because I had to calm myself down because I'm like so upset. But uh, but See, then now, that, that's a smart thing to do. But that's what a lot of us have a problem um, on actually seeing the red flags, um, you know, accepting that. All right. You know what? I lost this battle. Uh, I got to take a few steps back. You know, I got to take a time out. I got to walk off the floor. I got to walk away from the screens. I'm going to go take a walk around the block. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of us don't realize that that's part of the game uh, to keep us in the game. All right. Very important. I mean, your emotions and the way you trade are completely tied to money. Okay. This is what we do. We're trading our money. That's what I tell people. I mean, people say, oh, they go to a job and they work uh, so many hours and they get a check at the end of the day. Well, we don't. We are trading our money. And when you lose, you're losing your money. It's like taking $5,000 and throwing it out the window. Okay. And you're like, what did I just do? Yeah, well, that's what just happened. Okay, obviously, you know, the, the money comes back, but you have to work a lot harder to get it back than you did when you just threw it out. the way. And that's the hard part. Okay, and so you have to calm yourself down because you're like, okay, I just did something silly here. It wasn't so much me, but maybe the market or whatever it was, but it was a bad trade and you got to learn to calm yourself down and then get back in the pit and get back in, the, in front of that screen and say, all right, what's my next trade? I'm going to give it one more chance. I'm going to say, all right, if this is going to be my best setup that I got. I'm going to wait for it. I'm going to wait for it. If I make money on it, whatever it is, if it was, if you lost a thousand dollars and you only made back 200, Hey, that's a winner. You got to go out on that mindset and say, I'll come back tomorrow and get back, you know, get back tomorrow. At least you're on a winning mindset. Right. That's the key. See, that, that's, that's, that's a full circle. Frustration, self-doubt, um, emotions. I always saying leave your emotions at the door. And uh, emotional trading is, um, uh, you know, I, I want to say that it, it's good to have emotions in trading. But when you let emotions take over, uh, you're just on the road to failure and you're going to see that real quick. But, you know, when you have a good trade, it, it's good to be uh, you know, happy about it, excited about it, but don't let it get too far to the point where you feel uh, indestructible. Um, same thing with losses. Uh, when you let the emotions take over, uh, it's good to realize that, you know, uh, Hey, I did, you know, I, I had a bad trade. Uh, I, I'm losing big money. Um, you see the red flags, then you need to know as being a, a, a successful trader is to stop, reevaluate, take a few steps back, a timeout, like I said, and, and get away from the trades. As a trader, I used to, uh, well, as I still am, uh, you don't um, let the good days, you don't get too happy with the good days. And you try, try not to let, to get too upset with the bad days. Now, there's a big range of good to bad, right? But, you know, you, you, you got to be somewhat on an even keel. And I, I will be honest with you. I'll, I'll remember my bad days, and I can tell you stories about my bad days more than I can tell you stories about my good days. Because when you have a good day, 
it's just the way it should be. You don't think about it. You just say, okay, good. It's a good day. Just move on. But when you have your bad day, you're thinking, what I did wrong? How I did wrong? What are I? You're talking to yourself. You're like contemplating. You're going over the day in your head. How could I have done this differently? What should I have stayed out of? So you keep doubting yourself. But you never remember, you know, the good days when everything went right. Every trade, every setup you had worked perfectly. And then boom, 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 you're happy about it because it's supposed to happen that way. So obviously emotions play a big part and up and down days play a big part. Uh, I try to tell my traders, you know, keep it on an even keel. Don't get too happy when you make money. Don't get down on yourself when you're down money. Just come back on an even uh, level and try to make your try to trade every day. Saul, I'm going to step up to the plate and I'm going to ask you that question. What was your scariest trade? <laughs> Oh, a scariest trade. Uh, well, there was a couple of them. Uh, I'll tell you uh, two of them to stick out. Uh, one trade was uh, uh, was um, on an unemployment day, and this is a this is a key thing to everybody here. Since it's a lesson to be learned, it was on an unemployment day, and when the main number was out, and the market kind of downticked. I was standing next to a broker. And I offered the market, and he leans over. You know it was a problem when he leaned over. I knew it was a problem. When he leans over, three guys over, and says, I'll buy 100 from you. I'm like, oh, okay. And then it was 109, and he quickly, quickly goes, I'll buy 50 at 10. I'm like, what? I didn't even like, it's 11, 12, 13, 14, like right away. I'm like, oh. And what would happen? It wasn't the initial uh, trade that was the problem, the, the initial number that was the problem. The main number was a negative reaction to the market. But what reversed the market the other way was the revision from the previous month. Okay, I found out that later when I was like, you know, not very happy at that point in time. So that was a, an ugly trade. Uh, the other ugly trade that occurred uh, was when the beginning of electronic trading, when we used to arbitrage, arbitrage in the pit, and uh, I I used to have, uh, you know, there was a, a, a number that came out and I used to have an order like in the bond pit, like three points away. You know, I figured who three points away, what's going to happen? You know, we never used to move three points away ever, you know, when we were trading uh, on, in the pit. So I'm thinking three points away. But once you get to electronic trading, everything's uh, open game anyway. So I had, a, uh, I think it was a 20 or 30 lot, three points away. And... I get filled. My my the number comes out, and I had somebody who was filling my orders on the screen. He looks at me and he goes, "Oh, by the way, you bought that thirty lot." I go, "What?" He goes, "It went down that far," and like nobody knows what's going on in the pit. Nobody knows what's happening on the screen because there's no bids and offers. So literally, there was not one bid or offer on the screen, and I bought a thirty lot, and the nearest thing was five points away from me. I'm like, what? What's going on here? Five, just in case you're wondering, five times thirty thousand is <laughs> right. Is uh, <laughs> it's enough to stop there. I don't want to do math on that one. <laughs> okay, that 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 was, and it wasn't the positive way. Let me tell you that much. Okay, he's looking at me. He goes, he, I go. Well, where's the market? He goes, there isn't any. <laughs> I'm like, what, 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 what? Yeah, and I'm it's, like, it's like, yeah. So that's that, so you're like, you got a thirty lot on. The clearest no, the, the closest number is five points away, negative, and I'm like, 
what's going on here? And I'm like, this can't be an eight point move, right? I'm thinking this is not happening. So I'm like, okay. He goes, what do you want me to do? I go, I don't know. I go, I just, let's just, let's wait till there's a market someplace. I mean, at some point it was going to have to, something was going to have to come up. So uh, finally, some bids started showing up three points away, two points away, one point away. I'm like, okay, well, we went from 150 to minus only 30 here. So I'm feeling a lot better, but you know, still down. And I'm like, okay, I go, sell me a five lot, a point away. I go, I got to get out of something. I mean, this has been like, you know, I'm like, what, what am I doing here? Uh, and so then it started you know, everybody started seeing what's going on. This comes rallying strongly back all the way back up. And I get out of the next 25 lot, basically at a scratch, right? Uh, which I scratched at 25. So I'm still down five grand on the, the five lot that I sold. But that was my best five grand I ever lost. It sounds like it. <laughs> and you're wiping your brow. It's just so... Uh, yeah, many like... times on the trading floor. <laughs> I mean, you hear about these stories about, uh, you know, um, you, you, you don't... Honestly, you don't wish it to anybody. Uh, you really hate to see that because, you know, even that vulture uh, at the other end of the pit, he's he's got kids at home and he's got a wife at home. Uh, you know, you'd really never wish anybody bad. But, uh, I mean, that happened. I remember being on the phones and a uh, local came up and he was on his cell phone. And, um, you know, he goes, I'm down 38000 today. You know, I heard that, you know, just out of uh you know just out of earshot and i don't know who he's talking to but he's like yeah i'm down thirty eight thousand, and i'm like oh my gosh ouch yeah. you know it, it's tough it, it was a, one more one more good trade here one more scary moment that occurred oh, sure it's, uh, it's that occurred season. this is a good one too because it doesn't even happen anymore but i was trading in nighttime trading um the last time i went to nighttime trading well it, the reason i had to go there was because i had a position i don't like to take positions on because of whatever so uh, they had nighttime trading for a while there before they started going 24 hours on the screen. Um, but anyway, so I, I had a position on my clerk comes and tells me it was a mistake, counting mistake or whatever mistake. I don't know what kind of mistake it was anyway. So, okay, let's go downtown. We'll go downtown. So, all right, I'm there. She's there. So I'm like, all right, might as well trade for a while here. Let's see what happens. So I'm sitting there trading and standing next to this broker who I don't really know because he doesn't know me. I don't know him because he's only at the trades at night. And then you remember Charlie D, Charlie D Francisco. Oh yeah. Yep. So Charlie was there and we're standing together. We're chit chat. And this broker comes in with an order. He goes, Oh, I'll, I'll buy 200 from you. And I'm like, what? And I look at Charlie, I don't want 200 at night. So I'm like, Charlie, I'll buy, I'll buy a hundred. And he goes, no, I'll only sell you 50. I'm like, what? What did Charlie say? So I'll only sell you 50. So it goes, 20 bid, one bid, two bid, three bid, four bid, five. I'm like, this, what the hell just happened here? <laughs> right. I'm like, I got 150 on and it's like 10, 12 ticks away from me. And I'm like, this is just happening. This is on a, a, a night trading. And then all of a sudden, you know, it starts reversing, comes back down. He, he buys another 10 lot from me, like five, six ticks above from where I sold them initially. Comes back down to my scratch. I look at Charlie, I'll buy a hundred now. He goes, you know, that was a really good trade. I'll sell you the 100 now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot for your help. 
<laughs> I'm like, thanks a lot. He goes, you traded out of that really good. I'm like, thanks a lot, Charlie. I appreciate that. Right. I guess it's the biggest compliment I can get from you. <laughs> no soup for you. Right. Saul, I appreciate you being here with us today. Uh, fantastic information. But before you go, can you tell us where we can find you online? Tell us about your trading room and uh, give us a little insight on uh, what's going on. Sure. Uh, have uh, pitintelligence.com is our website. And if you want to sign up for my trading room, it's pitiq.tv. And that allows you to come into my trading room. Uh, we are live from the floor of the exchange, like you said. Uh, we have a little booth down there. Uh, we have a nice little setup where I can feel the fury of the floor. Uh, as some That's still whatever still light that's out on the floor there. With the uh, Options guys are still trading, so that's good. Uh, and they still yell up a storm, and they still swear and cuss at each other and kind of keeps my you awake. Goodness. And that kind of is fun because, uh, you know, I used to trade on the, in my office, and it was very – I had like two or three screens, and it was very boring up there, and I, I needed to, a little bit of a change. So I was able to uh, get a booth on the floor um, and uh, do this uh, – the room that we have, live from the floor, I get a little bit of uh, information, whatever I can, from the guys in the S&P pit when I can. Uh, I know a couple of them in there. So if they share some information that's helpful for us, I can share it with you. Um, and uh, basically, we're um, uh, there for the morning hours. We uh, we think that the morning hours are the good times to trade, uh, you know, the, more, uh, the opening till about 11 or 12 o'clock. Uh, the rest of the afternoon becomes a little bit more um, uh the trade becomes more one way and harder to trade. So we focus in on the morning. So our, we talk about what we're looking at. We think about to give you some of our levels that we like. We talk about what, how we trade them a little bit and what we're looking at and some of the new folks that come in. If you like what, uh, if you like the banter, if you like some of the, you know, the give and take with me, you can actually talk to me in the room and we can share some ideas. Uh, love that. And uh, so pitiq.tv is where you can sign up for my trading room. All right, so I appreciate that. So you're still looking for that trading edge, trading mentor, trading education, Saul Shaul. And also you got a Twitter account at pitintelligence.com. And uh, once again, www.pitintelligence.com. Check it out and uh, say hi to Saul. Pitintelligence.com, right. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me here. Saul, it was great, and uh, hopefully maybe down the road we'll get you back again and we'll talk some more. Absolutely. All right. You have a great one. Thanks, Saul. Bye-bye. And we're back. You know, John, it's so fresh to hear Saul on his direction and views on trading. Yeah, he's very direct in the in the way he talks about trading and, and what he believes is important. John, what's your take how Saul talked about traders finding their correct markets to fit their trading style i like the way he cuts the chase and talks as an experienced educator you know it's you've got to be kind of straight and to the point uh you know as an educator myself i like to remind traders that it's always going to be a process it's there's you're going to find a market that's going to work with you, a market state that's going to work with you, and then things are going to change. It always seems like when we get the right answers, the markets change the questions, and you've got to be prepared for that. Right, and and things are constantly changing. Uh, now, when Saul talked about getting yourself back on track after a bad trade, he mentions the importance of self-discipline. Now, John, how would you get back on track after a bad trade? 
Well, if I have a bad trade, I tend to kind of fill up with a little bit of venom. Uh, I get angry. And I'll do something to try and expel that that venom or that anger before I try and get back into the marketplace. It's not going to take just one trade for me to get to that point. But when I sense myself getting to that point, I'm starting to make emotional decisions, I'll walk away. I'll find some way to kind of expel that emotion or that venom, if you will, before I get back into the marketplace. You know, we're only human, and it's going to happen. It's going to happen uh, for experienced traders. It's going to happen for new traders. It's going to happen for all traders. And uh, this is something that uh, we need to watch for and we need to be ready for. Absolutely. And as ready as we can be, sometimes we kind of get hijacked by when think bad things happen. Recognizing that you're at risk of that is, is, is the first step to getting through it. You got it. All right. Thanks, John. Thank you, Eddie. All right, traders. As always, thanks for spending time with us. And if you enjoyed this interview, please feel free to leave us a rating or review. It helps us reach new traders. So take care. And we'll see you next time. Bye, John. Trade well, everybody. Bye, Eddie. Futures and Forex trading contains substantial risk and is not for every investor. An investor could potentially lose all or more than their initial investment. Risk capital is money that can be lost without jeopardizing one's financial security or lifestyle. Only risk capital should be used for trading, and only those with sufficient risk capital should consider trading. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results.